Okay. I like her. <laughs> she's my favorite part of the late pandemic because she wasn't there for early pandemic, but she's here now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Of the Comics by the Comics for the Comics. That is one of our guests, Alex Falcone, admiring the voice of the Zoom advisement. This meeting is being recorded voice. Yep, we're doing the podcast from Zoom because it allows us to talk to amazing people all over the world. Today's episode, we have Wally Baram and uh, Mo Alsiki, Alex Falcone as well. Very excited about uh, the episode today because today's episode is all about the late night set. The coveted late night set. It was in the days of Johnny Carson. It was the essentially a gatekeeper. And if you went through that gate, you got invited to the couch. Then the, the career exploded. And since then, many other late night show hosts for comedians themselves have invited other comedians on. And it's been a springboard. And so it's something that not a lot of people get to do. And all three of our guests have done it. So I want to hear about uh, what it was like, what they learned. and uh, But first, we're going to get to know our, our comedians and kind of hear about their journeys up to the late night set. Uh, Wally, uh, for, for those of our, our listeners who don't know you, who are you as a comedian? What, what if you could summarize in a few minutes who you are, where you came from, and then how you got to late night in, let's just do two minutes if you can do that. Wow. <laughs> Tight what, a, what a task. Um, I bet I could do it in less. Um, I'm, <laughs> I am a young uh, female. I'm Mexican and Syrian comedian. I'm from kind of a mix of South Jersey and Los Angeles because my parents are very separated. Um, I started stand up when I, I know, should we get real deep? Should we go? Should go as deep go as you like, buddy. Ham hock and my parents divorced <laughs> right off the top. Minutes, but I like that they're on opposite coasts. That's really I know. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Um, but we, we won't, we don't need that just yet. Uh, I started stand up when I was in high school and I was a teenager and I knew I always wanted to do it. And then I moved to LA in between high school and college and, and did the grind. Um, and then uh, eventually started doing festivals because that when you're young seems like what you should do. And maybe, I don't know, you know, that's the whole thing. But, um, and so the booker for um, Colbert saw me at a festival, like a random, not even a, a huge festival uh, in Portland, a women's um, comedy festival. And then we're supposed to, we were supposed to air the following year. Then a pandemic happened. Then, then I did it recently with Alex. And that I think is the shortest version of myself I can give you. Um, what did I come in at? That's 40? an amazing. T- that's an amazing. Wow. That well, that might be the best so far of the episode. Uh, <laughs> Mo, Mo, can you do any better? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I started doing comedy in Portland, Oregon. I'm uh, originally from, from Libya, which is a place you either heard so many good things about or nothing about. <laughs> uh, both work for me. Uh, yeah, I started doing comedy in like 2016. And then I got an email one day from the Conan Booker asking me to send the tape. When did that email was sent to me? It was sent to me on 9 11. Uh, <laughs> The guy was just like, well, not it, the 9-11, a 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that day. He wasn't like, look, I know some other things are going on, but I need oh. to get him on this TV he, show. He was like, hey, buddy, I want to give you good memories on that day. On yeah. 9-11-14. Yeah. And then we, we kept communicating for a while and just like, you know, like working on the set. And then they saw me on the... Uh, 
uh, comedy festival in New York. I did the I did the set that they wanted me to do on TV. I'm like, okay, this is great. We kept talking again. It's just such a long process. And then eventually in, I believe, August 2019, that's when I did my set on Conan, which was very fun. And that was when they were still weekly or daily? That was a daily set. That was, a, yeah. yeah, when they were daily, yeah. That was back when it was cool. When it was cool, I think it's still pretty cool, which leads us to and, and well done on the air anymore. 90 seconds, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, Falcon, uh, yeah, uh, my parents are still together, and uh, yeah, I've been doing I've been doing comedy probably since like 2011, I think. Um, so I'm the old guy here. Uh, I was I did started comedy in Portland, I did comedy there for a very long time. And I guess we're just doing our quick discovery story, which was that I was doing a show in Los Angeles. It was just a regular bar show in Los Angeles. And the booker for Colbert was watching somebody else at that show. And I happened to be after the person she was actually there for. So she watched my set. And then um, we bumped into each other at a bar hours later that she just happened to be leaving one bar. I was going to get a piece of pie. We bumped into each other. She said that uh, she liked my set and asked me to send her a tape. And then uh, we recorded back in November of 2019, and it never aired because of the pandemic. So it was on tape. So Colbert is the one that's pre-taped. And so we taped, and then it just sat in the can for almost two years, for a year and a half. And then with like six days notice, she was like, hey, we need you to retape. And so I flew to New York on very short notice right after the pandemic and uh, panic taped a new version. And that just came out last week and then re-aired last night. So it's been on twice now. Incredible. Well done. Uh, more efficient with each guest. Uh, <laughs> as for the, everyone well, I get who, to see that everybody else practice. So what does that mean? I mean, I know what it means, but our listeners I, pre-tape, what does that mean? Yeah. So um, this is one of, the things I, one of the reasons I think it's really interesting to have Mo here from a different show because Wally and I both did Colbert. So Colbert does it. They get six comics together at a time. They put on, it's almost like a mini festival one afternoon on a Friday. They get six people together. They tape just the standups together and then they cut those tapes up and then whenever a celebrity guest cancels on them on super short notice they insert (laughs) us instead so it's like oh tom hanks uh has a back thing so he can't make it today put in alex because if it's if it's not going to be hanks if it can't (laughs) then that's how i get it if it they're like if we can't get thomas the hank engine get falcone and then they put me in and that's how it happens wow whereas when you do conan you're like there with everybody you like met whatever people were on that yeah, show yeah no yeah for me it was bit, yeah it wasn't i mean it was pre-taped as in you know it's not obviously it's not live you know but right. it was the same it was usually it's the same day like you tape it at like three or four p.m great time to do comedy by the way <laughs> ours was also at three or four so there's it's still yeah, the same yeah. time of day absolutely <laughs> but i got lucky because they were taping two episodes and i was like at the end of the second episode so by the time they got to me the the audience was like very warmed up uh, and the people before me was or like also like the guests were like also comedians so they were like it was like laughing already and stuff like that so i came in hot which was which was nice uh but yeah mine aired the next day so i got i got the chance to like you know like fly back to portland from la and then watch it with with friends at helium comedy club yeah we did a nice. watch party it was yeah. so fun Aww. amazing uh so uh Mo, just since around the Conan, will you walk us through that day, the day of, and, and uh, maybe let's start with how were you feeling when you woke up that day? I was, I was feeling very stressed because what happened was 
they only told me like one day before I was supposed to shoot that I'm, I need to come to LA and do it because it was supposed to be September. And then they were like, can you come Wednesday? And I was like, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I came on a, such a short notice. I didn't even know what I was going to wear. So I was going to buy everything that day, which I did. You, you, you did shopping spree that I didn't yep. know that. I bought sneakers. I bought jeans. I bought a shirt. The only thing I have is the, the, the jean jacket I brought with me. And it was the first time ever uh, when you, you know, like when you go into a store and they're like, can we help you with something? That was the first time like, I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I don't care how much anything is because I'm going to return it that night. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, have, yeah. I definitely brought a picture of the Colbert backdrop in when I went shopping and I was like, make sure it looks good against this because uh, I didn't want it to be <laughs> clashing. Yeah. So, I, you know, I bought everything and then I was like, I got back to the hotel, literally only took a shower and then they sent, which they sent the car to pick me up, which was like very fancy. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> this is me. This is uh, my car. Uh, just, just waving at the people at the hotel. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Uh, you guys want to ride? Because I'm not going to give you one. Did they give you, did they have a sign holder at the airport for they you? Did. Oh, they did. That's nice. Yeah. That that's very, the life. That was very nice. Yeah. And then, you know, they took me to to your studio. We did makeup and stuff. And I had to wait, like, longer than I expected. But it was whatever, because the, you know, they were taping two episodes. I didn't know that. But I got to see the green green room. I had some friends who were, like, in L.A. at the time. Uh, so we just hung out in the back and watched, like, the show on the... Um... And I remember Andy came in, and he was, like, wearing a tank top. And I was just like, <laughs> I guess this is what you look like when you're not on air. Very nice. Uh, yeah, hi. Do you remember who else was on your show? Sorry, Pat. I don't mean to do your job. I'm just curious. No, uh, it's great. <laughs> okay, it was that. Okay, I can't remember her name now. Is it lady from uh, from Glee, the uh, the principal or something? What's her name? Oh, something uh, Lynch. Is that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lynch. Jane Lynch. Uh, Jane Lynch. Yeah. she rules. That's so yeah. cool. She was. Oh, she was. Hell, huh? <laughs> yeah. What a, that lady from yeah. the from the meme. Oh, some lady from Glee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she she was there. And, and, you know, like I was, I mean, I was, I mean, I was pretty relaxed. I was like, I've did, I've done the set so many times. And they were like, they really like do a great job, like preparing you for it. They're like you get to go on stage or like, here's where you stand. And they were like, do your set. Like, don't, don't mind the time or like, don't think about like, even if you see the light or like whatever, like you have one minute, just like, they're like, you have to do the whole set. We'll just take care of it later. If you like go longer or whatever and forget about the cameras, which it's not easy to do because they're like <laughs> so many and they're like so big <laughs> and they're not normally there when you do stand up exactly yeah but it was like very like you know like it's like the stage felt like very like stand up like it just felt like it wasn't it didn't feel like a tv set it was like you know like the audience are very close to you and but you know i was still nervous like i feel like once i got my first laugh i was like oh okay this is a stand-up i've done this before like yeah. i'm just gonna do my <laughs> i'm just gonna do my set and then you know like Conan comes up and then Andy and then what surprised me was like oh these two guys are way taller than I am and I'm 5'11 I don't like that <laughs> he's so tall it's crazy like even Andy was like taller than me I was like this is, doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> you look like you're supposed to be way shorter than me he but you short, are yeah. taller wow uh, and yeah, yeah Conan had like very uh, thin <laughs> legs which I couldn't uh, help but look at was he wearing, was he wearing shorts I was like I was like, no, just like the, the pants were like so like, and I was like, man, I didn't expect it to be this, to be the thin, but here we are. 
and he was very nice you know like he wasn't like just being like good set he was like told me like what jokes he liked and what punchlines and stuff so it felt like personal and nice uh but yeah it was it was wonderful i would love to do it again if they have the show back <laughs> yeah. yeah if you know who books that pat I'm, I don't want to do it. yeah yeah no problem right on it guys uh <laughs> Wally, uh, how were you feeling when you woke up the morning of your set? I think I had a very different experience than Mo. I well, to be, I mean, I'm actually. I mean, you sounded like you were pretty calm and in control, despite the fact that they told you the day before. I mean, I would have, yeah. I, I mean, would have crumbled, crumbled under that pressure. I, I, That's a lot. I knew two weeks before, and I was so unwell. Um, <laughs> I was so unwell. Well, to be fair, there was an entire pandemic that occurred. So I hadn't really been doing stand-up a whole ton. I only had like a handful of performances and I was just like feeling, it almost felt like um, when you've been on a boat for a really long time and then you start walking on land and you're like, whoa, this feels like I know (laughs) what this should feel like, but it's feeling a little nauseous. Um, And I feel like I, that's, definitely the energy I brought with me when I woke up that day I also did not have an outfit despite the two weeks warning I was given um <laughs> you went shopping that day too yes that morning well what happened was I Crazy. brought a variety of outfits and then I figured I'll just you know choose one um that morning whatever feels good because I at the time when I was doing stand-up I wore this is a little bit uh um and you're a typical I used to wear the same sweatshirt every time I did stand up because I am just a crazy person um and it had a logo on it uh and then they're like you can't wear that and I was like well I'm definitely gonna borrow them is it like a luck thing like when like when a baseball player never changes their socks is that why yes I wash it I have OCD so I think it's it's probably related to that and I wash it constantly also the OCD um I've thus we've gotten over that actually since oh, good. Colbert because we had to switch it up. If you go on my Instagram, you notice you're like, oh, every photo she's wearing the same shirt. What's going on? <laughs> um, but so then they told me I couldn't wear the shirt, uh, and then I was like, oh no, I'll, I'll figure out day of. And then I sent photos of the outfit to my manager and to Jessica, and they didn't like any of them, <laughs> and they were like, you can't wear any of these things. Like what? No, really. Um, because I wanted to wear a windbreaker, which they said you couldn't wear inside, which is logic that I've never heard before. But um, also, no. okay, so I'm just amazed because we dealt with the same people, I guess not your manager, but like with the same people at the show. No one cared what I did or what I wore or where I was. I got nothing. I sent them outfits. They didn't respond. I tried. I really wanted them to care. I was so I was so involved in this decision of what to wear. Probably more than my set. I thought a lot about what to wear. Uh, it doesn't show, but like it was very <laughs> important to me. Well, you had the shoes. Yeah, the uh, shoes were the most important part. But well, Let's I wish. Do, yeah, Falcone, I we would love had... to hear more about your wardrobe, and we will get to that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to push it in. I know we will talk about my shoes at some point. It's the most important part of my set. It is. So it Wally, is. you get in. You're wearing. I'm panicking. You're panicking as you walk through I, the doors. What's going on? As I walk through the doors, I still have not chosen the outfit. Um, and I brought all the outfits with me, and then um, what I wore to the rehearsal, what I wore there, I was um, I tried out. They all have a rehearsal for us too, and I wore it out on the rehearsal stage. And I was like, "Is this okay?" It wasn't even one of my planned outfits, and she was like, "Sure." Um, and, <laughs> and then, and then the rehearsal was also terrifying. 
I, I think I'm just, I'm a highly anxious little, little being. And in the rehearsal, I was not getting any of the jokes right. I <laughs> was like really awestruck by the whole stage. And they, um, they broadcast the rehearsal to all of the dressing rooms. So all of the yeah. other comedians, as they were waiting for their rehearsal, got to see me have a stroke on on stage. So it was just very panic inducing. It was a lot of panic. Um, and then and then finally time passes as it does and it was time to go. And then I got out there and then I was like, oh, this is just stand up. This isn't anything I haven't done before. And I totally chilled out. But um I think we should say because the you just mentioned being awestruck by the stage that Colbert is in the Ed Sullivan Theater. This is the stage, the first stage the Beatles played on in America. Like this is a huge theater with this with stained glass and this cupola and like it is a beautiful Crazy. place but yes. it is not where we normally do stand up and there are cameras on all angles <laughs> and you see yourself in the tvs that they also yeah, they have tvs monitors. so you can like monitor yourself um when you're up there and that was great i'm they like i'm here i'm there with I'm here, zoom there. where you just watch yourself talk the whole time they wanted yeah. that yeah. vibe but in real life <laughs> which i like in no context no context <laughs> <laughs> you never practice um, in the mirror i well i guess you know it's the screen thing it's the it just it's weird i'm here i'm there i'm here I'm, you know what i mean i don't i don't like the the two um but once once it started happening, I was I felt way more at ease, and all of the train wreck that was the time leading up um, dissipated. So that's Very mine. similar to what Mo just said of when you heard the laugh, yes. the first laugh, and it's all right. I know what's what I'm doing. You're like, oh, I did. And, this is my thing. <laughs> and that's one of the advantages I think to doing the six person taping uh, at Colbert too is that you are hanging out with comedians backstage. It's not jane lynch it's just like other comics you know from the scene most of the time yeah. and you watch them do stand-up and you're like oh we're all doing stand-up this is our thing so i think that actually helps me the the, the day made, helped me feel more confident was just watching other people do stand-up absolutely yeah. our dressing rooms were across from each other and i just would go yeah, you over didn't even to mention you your grandpa yet wally oh yeah my grandpa was my vip backstage guest thank you alex we only oh, got one nice. guest because of pandemic and wally yeah. was your grandfather and it was the cutest thing and he was so sweet and i loved it it was very funny he made me feel more comfortable the fact that your grandfather was there it was just so nice he's a good he's like one of those good old good old good old grandpas who's so stoked yeah. to be there yeah solid grandpa like if this if you Thank told me you. this was a lie you just like central casting grandpa i would still believe it <laughs> and he was so proud of you oh it was really sweet yeah he uh, cried <laughs> he, it oh, was good. Sweet. yeah <laughs> yeah make you feel great yeah yeah afterwards he really told all of us he was just so impressed with everything we did and oh, that's so nice. sweet. A great grandpa oh terrific great. all right alex i know you've been chomping at the bit buddy walk us through the day how are you feeling <laughs> so, woke up? like i mentioned i had two of this day because i did it once and then it never aired and then i re-recorded it so the first time was pre-pandemic my wife came to new york with me we got in early we had like a really nice day in new york the day before i was worried i wasn't gonna sleep all the night before but then we like crashed kind of early because of jet lag we had a ton of sleep we went for a jog in central park we had a beautiful breakfast in this old hotel we just had the nicest morning and that really helped and the second time i'm by myself uh i get in super late i went tried to go for a jog in central park the next morning got lost in central park so i ended up running three times what i normally would because i was on the far side that park is so twisty it's really hard to get out of central park no one tells you that 
but you go one way and then it's like all of a sudden the roads anyway so i got lost at a park so i was having like a real stressed out morning the second time but i did have my outfit picked out ahead ahead of time that was nice that made it a lot easier except okay. for my shoes so here's the shoe thing i want to tell you the shoe thing was that first time, so so most kind of a shoe guy i'm kind of a shoe guy um and when when he did his conan uh, he wore his beautiful Nikes, his Jordans. There was a shot on Instagram of him with the Jordans and all the comments were like, oh, you got great shoes. And so I was like, when I do TV, oh, and, and you had mentioned to them, you told me, you mentioned to the people at Conan, you're like, hey, I bought these shoes. Could you make sure you get a little shot of the shoes at one point? And they were like, yeah, totally. And so then that happened and they were on TV and I was so excited, like, oh, I'm gonna get my shoes on TV. So I bought my, the most expensive shoes I've ever bought and I warmed the taping and I'm out there during the rehearsal and I'm like, Hey, my friend did TV and they got a little picture of his shoes. Can you make sure you get a picture of my shoes? And they were like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. We don't do that here. And I was so embarrassed. And Wally just said this before they, they broadcast the rehearsal to the, uh, the green rooms. I had no idea. So I do this on stage. They humiliate me about my shoes. I come backstage and all the comics and all of their friends are in a big group and they're like, oh, shoe princess is back. Oh, somebody's gonna try to get their shoes on TV. And I was humiliated part of that whole taping. So then the second time I'm like, well, they're not gonna show my shoes anyway. Um, but then I'm backstage and one of the executive producers is a shoe, per shoe guy and he's like, oh, I love your shoes. I'm going to make sure we get those on TV. So the second time they just did it without any stress. Anyway, um, that was so it sounds shoot. like uh, you had an opportunity of a lifetime and your primary concern was your footwear. <laughs> yeah. Is that, I is that buy, correct? I do sometimes buy myself shoes as like a treat when I do when I do good. And so I was like, I got on TV. I get a treat. So I'm going to buy myself some sneakers. Um, a shoe treat. A shoe treat. You don't buy, you don't get a little shoe treat? I don't know. Um <laughs> All right, so anyway, that was the, shoe the shoe. <laughs> So I'm on the uh, so the the second time, the first time around, I've been doing that set for a while because it had been months while I was waiting to find out my date, and then I had a long time to prepare, and I'd done like, the set a ton, and so I was not nervous at all. Second time, like while well, I said, I'd been off for a year and a half. I hadn't done any live stand up until I got this call. So I like panic rehearsed over the over a week. I did every show I could talk my way onto, which is not that many, and so I'd only run the set a few times. I was not nearly as comfortable, um, but so I spent a lot of time uh, freaking out at the uh, it, beforehand. I was very, very nervous beforehand. But then I was like, it, the same, once it comes out, I was like, oh, I've been on the stage before. I did this already. And uh, uh, I've done the set a million times, even if not as many recently. And so, yeah, once I come out, I felt fine. Although every person my mom knows, every one of my mom's friends, every one of her family members who saw the set was like, yeah, he looked really nervous. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know why she passed all those on to me, but she told me every single person who said I looked nervous. And I watched the tape. I don't think I looked that nervous, but like, I didn't think you looked nervous either, Wally. So like, I, either backstage or on set, stage, you seemed so calm backstage. But In my comments, they said that too. In, in some of the, I didn't read the comments, but I have people that sometimes will report back and they're like, they're all mostly very positive. Some people are like, she's a little nervous. She looks nervous. I was like, really? I didn't, people, I didn't think I looked nervous. People love seeing that. People love seeing, like, this is their, their favorite feedback. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and it's just like, have you seen me do comedy before? Like, this is literally my vibe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. I was like, this is how I always yeah. talk. Do just people think I'm nervous all the time? Yeah. Pat, do I give a nervous energy to you right now? Uh, slightly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no well, I, mean, Pat, I don't need it. No, it's just ridiculous, right? Of like, that's the favorite feedback. Yeah. We're like, well, how often are you watching me when I'm unaware in my normal life? When oh. you see me when I'm calm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot of projecting. A lot of people are like, I would be yeah. nervous on that stage, so that's what I'm assuming yeah. you are. Yeah. 
that makes sense. Well, so it's a very clinical feedback to give. It's very like, oh, I'm not insulting you or lifting you up. I, you know right. what I mean? It, it gives a lot of yeah. power. Like you were having fun work. out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. I wasn't thinking that millions of people will be watching at all. <laughs> Sorry if I was slightly. I mean, nervous. that's another thing. Is if we were nervous, it would be very understandable. Yeah. Also like, that. this is not the old world like you were talking about, Pat, where you like do Carson and then you get a sitcom. It's not that anymore, but it's still a good deal. It's still something yeah. we're very excited about. We should be nervous. Yeah, I want to. So that's a good transition uh, to like what has happened since then. But before we get to that, two questions. First one is, what is something that you wish someone had told you that you think would have made the day easier before you walked in, walked out on stage? Something that you they wish broadcast you the rehearsal to the green rooms. That's really important yes. piece of information. Yeah. You're on camera already. It's not just, they say it's for you to get your, get comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's not just for you. Everyone is watching you and it's the meanest people, you know, and they're all watching. <laughs> well, true. what do you think? Well, for me, I, uh, it's not that, it's not that it made the day easier, but uh, for me, it, I wish someone would told me how close Conan and Andy would sit, be sitting next to me while I was doing my set. Yeah. Like you don't see it on screen, but like they are like they are like at the edge of that like screen. There's like I can hear them while doing my set, <laughs> which is nerve wracking. Yeah, but but also it helped because like once I heard them laugh, I was like, good, we're doing great. Yeah, let's totally. just keep going. Yeah, but I wish I knew where they would be sitting. Yeah, and Wally, what you about you? Have a problem because uh, Stephen was not there. Yeah, everyone <laughs> asked me. They're like, oh, did you like? Did you meet him? You didn't get called over to the cat. I'm like, wrong show. He's like, not there. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Yeah. They even and and they like what was weird about my show. Sorry to cut you off again, Pat. Um, and I'm not trying to run the thing. But so my Everybody. set, the special guest on on my episode was Hannah Einbinder, who is on on Hacks, incredibly funny comic, and she actually taped Colbert with me the first time around. So I know her. She goes on and during her interview, Stephen is like, "It's weird because you were on the show before, but I didn't remember because I wasn't there." And he says it. He like gives away the surprise. Yeah. And then two seconds later, he's like, and now joining me, a very special guest. And I like, you just told everyone I'm not there. You've already given this away. It was weird. It's so <laughs> wild that she was on your show and or that yeah, she taped she with you. And day. then she's had a cr crazy trajectory and then is now a guest while you're. Yeah, when I said, when I said cool. you do this, you don't just like immediately get a sitcom. In some cases. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In Hannah's case, you absolutely do. Yeah. Wally, what do you wish someone had told you before you walked in that day? You know, um, I fielded so much information from people that I knew that I'm not sure anyone could have given me new information and it would have changed my my situation. I mean, really, because once it was happening, happening, I realized, oh my gosh, I've been terrified of this thing that I truly, you know, do every day and so I would tell myself to chill, but I wouldn't have listened if I knew beforehand. <laughs> I wouldn't have listened. I'm sure just someone told show. you beforehand, you're going to be great. And you didn't Ever, listen. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> uh, Wally, earlier you mentioned that you wear the same shirt every time. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of information of like the importance of just establishing basic structure uh, in your day or whatever your endeavor is so that your mind doesn't focus on things like what you're wearing, like what you're going to eat, whatever it may be. Uh, and it, it is actually an incredibly helpful thing so that your mind can focus on what you're doing. And so like with me, if I'm, if I'm able to choose my walk-up song, I have the same mm -hmm. walk-up song every time to try and 
to try and get my mindset in that spot. And then if I find myself getting nervous uh, and I can feel my heart beating, I'll, I'll put my fingers on my pulse just to feel that, to kind of create this. All right, here it is. For all three of you, aside from wearing the same shirt every set, do you have any processes, anything you do to get in the mindset or to help you focus on performing? Uh, I honestly think for me, it's, it's uh, the first, like at least five minutes before my set, I try not to talk to anyone. Like I like to be alone. Uh, I'm just like, I'm, I just want to be like in my brain because like, kind of like playing my set and like what I want to do and stuff like that. I don't like it when I do a, like the thing where like you're like talking to someone and then you just like, you stop talking and then you just go on stage. Like I need that like transition, transition period to feel whatever I'm, I want to, obviously it depends on the show and like, is it like a local show? Is it like something bigger and, uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly that I just like need five minutes for myself before I get on stage and then I'm doing well. When did you realize that you needed that five minutes? Uh, I think honestly, like the more I did it, the more I, uh, I, I was doing comedy and stuff like that. It's, it, it just, you know, cause I feel like I've started like hearing about people like having their own rituals or whatever before. And then I was like, what's mine? Like what would help me? And I found out like, oh yeah. Like when I have some time for myself, like, cause I do that with everything, you know, like if I have, like if I'm doing something on Zoom, if I have like a work meeting, if I if I have an interview or something, I am like I always like need the time for myself. I'm like I should do that before, before my standup as well. Just kind of like get into the spirit, and that usually like really really helps because like you've already got into because you know like you do standup, you're kind of like doing a character. It's not like it's it's you have to do the whole like stage persona, and it helps when you like have the time to really get into that first before I, going off this is a weird thing about stand-up is that most people a lot of comics don't do that whereas like every other art form people have a ritual if you if you're a, if you're an athlete if you're an actor if you're a musician there's like a thing you do before you go on stage and in comedy the like cool thing to do is to be in the green room and you're just telling a story and you're like oh, excuse me one second and then you go out and you crush for an hour and then you come back and you're like anyway it turns out <laughs> i'd never met her before like it's you're supposed to be like this is nothing to me and uh, I think every one of us would be better if we had five minutes and a little ritual. I think that's really, really helpful. Do you have a ritual, Alex? Or do you have so anything? So the closest I have is when people are not looking because I do try to be cool. So if it's a green room, if there's a lot of people I know, I'll do that. But the closest thing I do is I, I do just some light stretching. I like if no one's looking at me, I like to just stretch <laughs> out a little bit because I feel like if my muscles calm down, my body calms down a little more. So um yeah i i do i do just like a couple minutes i i have a when i'm really nervous i have a playlist that is all upbeat songs about people doing well and so i like my little happy songs uh and then a little <laughs> stretching and then the other thing that i do is that i um an acting teacher who i worked with briefly um suggested because one of my other my problem is when i get nervous i also get kind of i slow down too much sometimes and i sound like i'm sleepy or bored and so what she suggested was that I come on stage with a little more like pep in my step. And so if you watch my Colbert, I like kind of jog out onto the stage because it's a really long approach. Maybe that's something that no one told me ahead of time is it does feel like kind of a long way to go to get to your mark. But so I came out at a bit of a, a brisk jog, which was part of the thing I'd worked with with her to like come on stage at a jog to just like make my body feel like we're having fun. We're doing it. <laughs> uh, what, what is one of the songs on the playlist? Oh, um, 
Oh, uh, that's such a good question. Um, uh, and now I'm embarrassed and I don't want to say everything. And also all of the artists in my head just disappeared. Um, I, um, do you, do you have like, this is my fight song or whatever, like, <laughs> like you're like Hillary no. Clinton or something. No, no, no. Yeah. So I don't, it's, they're not like, they're not like pump up. I don't want to be, cause that would make me more anxious. They're more, um, it's like, like Chance the Rapper, like a lot of just, his, a lot of his songs just like, doot, 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 life's pretty good. Doot, doot, doot. So it's like that. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, Wally, aside from the same garment, what are your pregame rituals? Um, well, okay. Do we, I, they're like maybe three garments at any given time to be so it's not just i feel like i um sound ridiculous but well it's just not far from the truth but all i'm also i guess a little bit i benefit from structure so i'm i'm also personally like i usually maybe 10 minutes before the set i will go in to the bathroom and go over my set and then dance around and like maybe i'll stretch or maybe i'll shadow box a little bit <laughs> maybe i'll just get some adrenaline pumping um and then i will leave and watch the set before me and try not to think about my set um and that's my little my little ritual i guess i know that we've already talked more about clothes and you're mad at me but can i just say one more thing about clothes which <laughs> is that if you I, I, ha, I do think that if people dress i've heard a lot of people say like if you do fallon you're supposed to wear a suit no matter what the dudes are supposed to wear suits and I've heard a lot of comics who say, like, if you wear a suit and you've never worn a suit on stage, it feels crazy different. It <laughs> makes you much more nervous because you feel constricted. You don't feel like you normally do. So mm -hmm. I feel like it is helpful to have clothes that you feel comfortable in where you feel like yourself, that that's what you wear when you're doing stuff that matters, is that you feel like yourself. Because if you feel like you're trying to be something else, it'll just make your material feel more foreign, too. Exactly. And I think it's also, like, it gets me, well, I mean, actually, exactly what you're saying, into the space. It's just like, this is me. I'm... And I mean, this is, um, it triggers all those neuro, whatever, it, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Neuro whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neuro whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the science. <laughs> uh, so aside from just doing a late night set, what is a good piece of advice that another comedian has given each of you that's really helped you? That's something that you've really leaned into. Uh, Mo, let's start with you. I saw you picking hair out of your microphone. So let's re-engage you here. Oh, there's so oh many, yeah. There's so many cats in this apartment. Yeah. It's amazing. Because <laughs> the hair was in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. I was like <laughs> doing this. So it was a, it wasn't. So, you mean advice like for like a late night set? No, or, no, uh, just, no. Uh, just advice that has helped you uh, over the course of your career with comedy. Oh, I feel like, I feel like people love to give advice. So it's like, I'm, I'm trying to think of something <laughs> that was like actually was actually was actually helpful i mean yeah. i think i mean honestly i don't know if someone gave me this advice because i can't remember who but it was just like you know like do like it was more like do the stuff that you you like do the stuff that if someone like if if you were watching you on stage you would actually enjoy hearing these stuff and instead of like assuming what people want to hear uh because i'm like because like, I feel like when I first started doing stand-up and stuff like that, I'm like, this is what people want to hear. I don't enjoy this that pretty like much, but I assume that's what people want to hear from me, so I'm just going to do that. But then I feel like once I started doing like material that I enjoy too that makes me laugh too, I'm like, this is, became, became way better because I'm like, people can see that I'm clearly like having fun uh, doing my stuff and I actually like it, so they like it too. But like if you don't like it yourself, then it's just like, you know, it's just... <laughs> 
ha- why have, would they like it? Have fun is such a like sounds kind of like a silly piece of advice, but it's something that I got from an improv teacher early on was like, no, no, actually find a way to make this fun for you. Don't just like smile or tell yourself this is fun, but like actually have fun because you can't, nobody can watch somebody having a good time and just be like, I don't like it. This is not for me. Like if you're genuinely enjoying it, it is impossible for the audience not to enjoy it somewhat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you make it fun for yourself, Alex? Um, this is a great question. Uh, well, this is more for, for a late night because it's very scripted and it's very on purpose. But uh, I, for me, one of the things that's fun is messing up a little bit and getting involved with the crowd saying something. You know, if, if I say something weird, like dealing with it and asking people what they thought that was about or if a noise happens, I talk to them or um, yeah, I love like not crowd work. I don't like to ask people if how long they've been married because I feel like we've covered all the answers to how long somebody has been married. I don't think there's a lot of new ground to break there, uh, but I love talking to the crowd. So like I, my favorite thing, the thing that's most fun for me is to find a question related to my joke, but that's very specific. So uh, like I have a bit about not wanting to fly, but so what, what I turned that into was like asking an audience member what one power from the animal kingdom they would want. And it's not just what wish, cause that's too, that's too easy, but animal powers are not what they're expecting so it makes them think about it and it just getting somebody in that very specific situation um is really really fun for me so get it like inter- basically like i i tend to like i was taking over trying to interview people i just like asking people <laughs> questions so that's what i that's what's fun for me too so on on stage i try to like turn something into a brief interview with somebody like wait why did you think that why what were you going to do with that what's your plan for that and just like actually interrogating them and not interrogating but like finding out what they care about and yeah, it stimulates the mind because the answers yeah. sometimes come out of the blue. You're like, oh, that's yeah. yeah. And no matter, this is a thing. A lot of comics are like, don't like when the audience is funny. If you're funny, I still get paid. It's not like I'm, lo- they're not like, oh, you sorry. Two of the laughs, 2% of the laughs came from that front row. So we're going to give them $200 or whatever. They're like, it's like, that's not well, you're like the conductor you're the conductor yeah, yeah. On, yeah. and if so. everyone is having fun i'm still the one that they remember coming to see so i love <laughs> yeah exactly i love like the, the audience is my partner in this set and if i can talk to them and have fun with them i i feel a lot a lot better and that is fun wally how do you make it fun for yourself um i i think being present and um i think also to what i was saying like feeling like I like the material and I like engaging with it that's more fun for me than when I'm doing jokes that I feel disconnected from at this point or feel like I have to I don't know I there are a couple jokes that at least previously I used to do at the top of my set to try to warm people up um and then I started bombing with them there were like tried and true jokes um sorry I don't know if you can hear this bird in the background it's beautiful um (laughs) I'll let it know um (laughs) uh and I, I think that after a while, I was like started resenting the jokes, and I wasn't having fun. And then, yeah, this mm-hmm. bird is heckling me. Um, and then, and then, so then I discovered I had to stop doing them and and do some stuff that I liked. Okay. So kind of mix of both of what you guys were saying. Like There's it. definitely like an age of a joke where it's like it's old enough that I know it's going to work, but it's not so old that I'm tired of it. Because yeah. If, yeah, if you're tired of it, the audience can like the audience can yeah. tell the way like a dog can smell fear. Like an audience can tell if you're sick of this joke. Yes, absolutely. Because I think yeah. I mean it, it bleeds through you so much. I think yeah. like absolutely. more than you really think. Mo, you said something earlier that struck a, a great point of you said like doing stand up for like a caricature, uh, mm-hmm. and what I found with with my own is that I felt at first similar to what you said is I felt like I needed to have 
bits. And they were just like basic bits. Like I have a bit about traveling, nothing really personally vested, nothing from my own life. And mm -hmm. it just a basic observation that really anyone can do. Uh, and, and I felt like I had to be this caricature character, wh whatever word you want to use. And then as I realized when I started integrating myself into it and just not creating that character of just being me and working on that and like essentially being vulnerable on stage to just being like, no, this is really who I am. I don't want there to be a difference between me when I, before I walk up these two steps to the stage and then what's mm -hmm. on stage. I want this to be, my goal is to be the same person mm -hmm. for everyone. How much do you feel is a hundred percent you versus being a character, a caricature, uh, I want to leave it open-ended because it's a very broad thing. Yeah. It's certainly a big mental uh, yeah. battle. Yeah, I, I think he I told you that your opinion was wrong, so you should go first. No, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, see, see the, the, the <laughs> I am never wrong, but it's <laughs> like the material is, is me. Like the material is me. It's what I talk about when I'm not on stage. I think the only thing I change is how I carry myself, basically. I on stage, I'm doing this character like I'm very confident in what I say and I'm making eye contact with people and I'm like, I am in control. <laughs> you, know, I am very, you know, I know what I'm doing. There's like this whole thing, like, like no one talked to me. I'm like, I'm doing the talking here, which uh, when I'm not on stage is not really, uh, I'm not that confident. I wish I was. Uh, and I try not to talk to people and they never make eye contact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that really helped me on stage and like it helped me because like i was watching myself when i like from tapes and stuff like that and i feel like once i start carrying myself different the jokes are like to work way better because like you know like people can tell that you're like you know what you're doing and you know this is funny so they should think it's funny uh which is i, I think that's the only the main difference between me off stage and me on stage. So I'm really trying to integrate me on stage to me off stage, really. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I'm trying to make more eye contact. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, I think that's exactly how I feel this is like, I feel torn between those two things because I believe that like the reason that this is an art form is because you can show an, a genuine piece of yourself and communicate it clearly to other people and have them understand what your experience is like. But on the other hand, I'm definitely not this funny in real life. So it's like, I'm still, it's sort, it still feels kind of like, like when you go to a new school and you get to pick which parts of your personality you show, it's mm -hmm. not like you're actually going to be a totally different person, but you're like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I like Dungeons and Dragons right away. I'm going to wait till they like me first, <laughs> leak that out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you like, you're still picking which parts of you. So inherently you want, they're all, all the bits that you write are you in some way, but you're picking which ones to tell every time you're editing. And that choice is still picking someone of a character. So I do not know where I actually come down on that at this point. I'm trying to be as genuine as possible, but inherently the art form is me picking parts of my personality and I don't actually know where I am in that continuum. Yeah. Wally, where are you in the continuum? I think I kind of agree um, with both, if that's possible, within the spectrum of opinions that were presented, but... <laughs> Anything's <laughs> yeah. It's a very brave choice. Yeah. Um, I think that when I'm on stage, it's sort of, to me, feels like an undiluted version of myself, which in a lot of ways then is a caricature of myself. Um, and I think to some extent that's because on stage, I also, I feel a lot more confident or I have, you just sort of have to be. Um, 
like even when I'm on stage, I have I have a bit of a, a voice affectation that I just got used to growing it because I was a little bit bullied for it. And so I used to or just have the, I don't know, I try to like bring my voice down when I talk to people in conversation. Mm-hmm. But on stage, um, I get to I don't know, I instinctively don't do any of those um, hmm. things. Uh but at the same time, if I bring my voice down more and casual, they're like, where am I? Who am I? I don't know, man. Um, but I too, I would like to bring more of the confidence that I have on stage. And I think in, in the chrysalis of that into my normal everyday life. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Both of you are trying to use stand up to affect how you are in real life. I think yeah. that's very smart. Well, me on stage is what I wish I was in real life. If oh, that's mm-hmm. so interesting. Yeah. I actually think I played down a little bit on stage in not in terms of like eye contact. I'm like, because inherently being on stage is such a confident act. You're so alpha at all moments just because you're the one talking and taking control of that moment. But also I tend to like, I, I try not to, I don't tell all the stories on stage where I'm the hero. That's not fun. What's fun for me is telling the stories where I messed up. So I'm, I think I actually am like, in some way, like I, it's the better part of my personality, but also the parts where I'm not bragging. So I don't actually have that same thing to bring back into my real life. I shouldn't, I'm not trying to like mess up more often in real life because of my stand-up. <laughs> well, I guess it's also like, I think there are kind of two halves of it. It's like sort of like your, how you're acting persona and then your like mm-hmm. material persona. Cause I do, I mean, right. there's obviously like way more to me than the material persona that's up there, but how I feel when I'm up there that like, I don't know, that confidence is what I'd like to mm-hmm. take off. A lot of my material is a little bit like self-deprecating and, and I, I, I I don't know, present myself as sometimes an idiot. And that there are moments, you know, despite that, that I'm not an idiot outside of, you know, real yeah. life. Um, but I well, don't know. It's such a useful tool, right? The presentation mm-hmm. of, hey, I'm an idiot is really a disarming right. tool. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, if you go up to someone on the street and you're like, do you want to hear a happy story where I'm the hero? Like, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you're like, do you want to hear an embarrassing story? Almost everybody's like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, yeah tell me. Because we know there's going to be high stakes and you're not bragging and you're going to, it's disarming. And also we know it worked out okay because you're telling me like embarrassment is the most interesting emotion for stage a lot of the time. So it's hard to figure out where on stage to actually be confident and say something mm-hmm. like, oh no, I'm actually good at this thing or actually I know this thing. Yeah, I just uh, just happened to start reading Aristotle's Poetics uh, the other day. and Exactly, Ar- you can see how already everyone is like tuned out. Like if you sit <laughs> on stage, everyone is like, oh, this asshole. Well, it's uh, you know, it's 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 only twenty six pages. Uh, so Aristotle says yeah, I know. that We've all a, read it. <laughs> a tragedy is when you portray somebody as greater than they are as a human, and a comedy is when you portray somebody as less than they are as a human, which just plays so well into what uh, what y'all just said there. Like, I'm so yeah. sorry I stepped on that. That was actually a really great point. I should have let you have it. Well, Aristotle, you know, he wasn't worth much. You know, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, no problem, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I have a, I have a, my bachelor's is in ancient philosophy. This is right up in my wheelhouse, but I just wanted to be a mean for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah. I take Listen, the only reason I read point. it was because uh, Aaron Sorkin recommended it in his master class. <laughs> right, now I hate it again. All right, <laughs> but you know, um, that's exactly that's a great point. Is that you? You do play yourself down, and that's like that is such a classic part of comedy. And yet when I watch people on stage, if I see a comic who's like genuinely confident about something that like they know that they're good at, but not like, hey, I'm not bragging to you about this thing. It's like, yeah, no, I actually care about this. And I do this thing. It's wonderful. It's really cool. Maybe because everyone else is being so 
uh, downplay about themselves. When I see someone confident, it's great. Yeah. Well, you were starting to say something before Alex wanted to share his studies with us. What was it? What, what were we talking about? Uh, Comedy? What, no, no. What, I mean, I can't, I can't really remember. I don't think I had a point really. Uh, Just another cat here? Not, not, <laughs> not saying that my points are not great. They usually are. Uh, but there, there wasn't a point. And I, and I like to uh, read uh, ancient Greek philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> I like to hear what the dead has said. I'm like, this is yeah. wonderful. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Good for you, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay we got 10 minutes guys everyone okay. uh, so uh with the last 10 minutes always like to open it up and there's no graceful transition this one you guys aside from alex's alex you've been asking some great questions don't worry but uh mo and Wa uh, wally are there any questions that you would like to ask any uh anyone else on the show today oh that's a great uh it's a great question uh you're asking here <laughs> i mean i feel like i i yeah i don't know man uh yeah, I wasn't prepared to ask questions, but thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> Wally, do you have anything you, you want to ask anyone? <laughs> um, that's a question um, that you just asked, so there you go. But uh, no. Great. We move I, on. Can I, can I toss <laughs> yeah. something out? Absolutely. You mentioned not reading the comments. Um, did you yeah. hold to that? Yeah, I haven't. I, I haven't read... Um, I haven't read. You know what? I've because oh, I haven't even seen the full set uh, in full sat and watched it all. Because I tried. I had a viewing party with some family, and then oh yeah, um, viewing parties. We could talk about that. Yeah, the ex that experience was. I just I struggled. I I oh. um. It, it's just really you're so self conscious and you feel so vulnerable because that's you on TV and. You know, everyone's watching it, and it's—I don't know. And it's I, in the past, I, so you can't like fix it if they're not having exactly. fun. You can't change gears. Exactly, and my brain—it's like my brain was malfunctioning. Where like my mouth all of a sudden wanted to start like mouthing the words watching it. I—I I didn't know, and I like was like sh literally shielding myself from the TV. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that traumatic. It was so um, traumatic. I totally agree. <laughs> um, uh. Oh, and so then after that, I was like, not that I didn't like the performance. I think I, it's just hard for for me to really grasp yeah. and and feel all these things. And so I've I've opened up the YouTube browser. I've heard it. Sometimes I'll like look away, and or not sometimes. The one other time I looked, away, I like looked away. Um, it's just too much. The the sensation is <laughs> too much. I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm well, too I, much. I, I, like, yeah, I feel like when it comes to the comments, I have read every comment and every reply to the comments because <laughs> I am I am sick in the head like this. Yeah, me too. And uh, why would I mean, you do that are, to yourself? I have no idea. I don't understand how like people are talking about you on the internet and you're not curious what they're saying. I don't. Like, you know what? I thought I would care more. I actually, I'm just like, who are you? I don't know. You're on YouTube. You're so right. Like, I and I'll, this is a classic. Everyone says don't read the comments, but I. It never like there's no part of me that could not read the every part of me is like well of course I'm gonna read the comments. I feel like within the comments only prove like all it does to me is prove to me that most people are like when it comes to stand up like like are idiots and I'm like I so I like to read the comments and be like oh these are like a bunch of people who literally think they know so much about comedy because they're like so obsessed with two comedians who've done done it in the 90s or something 
and this is who they're projecting on you because I feel yeah. like one of the comments was just like you should try and do more facial expressions <laughs> and I was just like that's my face bro yeah. like what, yeah. what do you want me to do like what, also, what kind of advice is this who thinks facial expressions are fun like yeah. have you ever tried doing it where the puppet talks but you don't move your <laughs> mouth I love yeah. that when comics do that yeah and also like other people would do the thing where they're like they uh, compare you to someone else they're like this reminds me of yeah. so and so i'm like yeah. i got <laughs> the one comment i got a lot was just like like something that has to do with Komen ninjiani yeah. and i was just like the only thing that we and him have in common is that we're both weren't born here and we have accents and they were like there can only be one yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute did, yeah. did you comment did you write comments and replies or this is just rhetorical oh i do not reply no, to no, anyone just, yeah okay no i do, I oh, do not yeah. oh i'm no 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 i was yeah. like once you do that you, you open like the floodgates people are just starting yeah. to yeah they're just like oh yeah i can insult you to your face now you're reading this would never give them this power yeah yeah i, I definitely uh had to read the comments for everything i read all of the comments on youtube i also like when they when colbert posted it on facebook and on instagram i read all the comments there and i would i'll go check again today i haven't checked in a little while and they just re-aired it i'm curious i i mean mostly it's not healthy um it is interesting every once in a while you can i can actually learn like oh this part is not connecting with people in this way i can actually figure out oh, i'm going to change the joke a little bit in the mm -hmm. way i set this up um like there was one thing in like because my set is um we didn't talk much about how the like jokes came together for the sets but um my set is ex almost exclusively about my wife because when the booker saw me i was talking about my wife and i was like positive about her and not many comics say nice things about their partners and so she was like this is crazy no one talks like this can you do a whole set about how much you like your wife and so that's what we did is put together that set but then i added this one joke about more of a dating element and it felt a little bit weird to some people that I talked about being married for so long. And then I'm like, here's a thought on dating. It didn't seem like I was justified in having that opinion. And that's actually an interesting point about the way I set up that joke is I should have a reason why I'm talking about it. So I've actually taken like notes from the comments, but most of them are stupid. But I, just, I, I am interested in how I'm connecting with people because that's what stand up is. It's a communication art form. I had one comment that said, uh, this guy is not even pronouncing his name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> So of course I'm not taking the feedback from anyone. I'm like I'm like this this man has so much confidence in his comment that he's telling me that I don't know how my name is pronounced. I was like, <laughs> I'm not listening to anyone like any comment. This There's is... yeah, it's remarkable how little people do understand about it, and it makes me feel bad for every time I've like not liked a movie where or i've been like well, they should have done the movie this way like clearly i don't know anything the same way people are like i prefer my comedy to be dirty and you're like well it's on television what do you, you think cbs is doing dirty five minute sets yeah. have you not watched tv yeah, yeah uh, so it is weird yeah. how like people are surprisingly disconnected but i just have to I look i just they're talking about me i have to know that I, that might be for me um as like a highly anxious person like the most liberating part of the process where I thought I would really care and I really don't I'm like who are these people I don't know I, I thought I was going to be like like I don't know I, I thought that's I, good like, yeah that's great that sounds super yeah. healthy I'm really glad for you <laughs> <laughs> I read everything that th people sent to me I got I accidentally left like my contact thing on my um on my website and I got mm. crazy crazy thing people told me Multiple people told me how much they would pay for my feet pics. Um, 
So I will say before my feet, my set aired, not my feet, before my set aired, um, I asked Wally because Wally's came out a week before mine. And I was like, what advice do you have for me right before it airs about dealing with it? And you said to turn off your feedback form because you're gonna get all these crazy messages. And I forgot. And so I got like three emails and they were very nice. And one was like a distant cousin. And so I didn't get this, but it's because no one wants to see my feet. Is that it? Is it people just, that I look like I have could ugly be feet? it. That could be, they, I don't know if they think mine are, they, I got like, two that use the same language but from kind of same but similar some version of like i would pay as high as this but not more than like this but i was like that's, yeah, that's a really weird to negotiating that <laughs> yes is... <laughs> i was like this is so not their first um, email this is so odd so is, yeah so, so you sell feed picks for a living now i i know i should gamble i was almost offended because it was like not a lot of money <laughs> like, okay <laughs> All right. Well, last one. <laughs> last one here, Alex. You just you did bring up a good point. We don't, we didn't talk about set preparation. Uh, so Wally and Mo, uh, with our this will be our last question for it. Of how did you decide what you what you were going to do? Well, I did long, a longer set first, and they saw me do. I did like a ten minute set, and then the booker was the one who told me which jokes would work better, like and like the order and everything. Uh, like they picked their favorite jokes. And maybe like two weeks before my set, I added one more joke that I really liked and I sent it to them. And I was like, can we fit this in? And they managed to do it. But for me, honestly, like I had a lot of trust in, in JP, like the guy who books Conan. And I was like, this is TV. I'm not, I've not, I've, I haven't done like five minutes on TV before. He knows what works and what doesn't work. I don't want to like fight it too much. And once I've done it on TV, like even though I haven't done it in that order before, it worked well and I was like okay the guy knows what he's talking about this is this is this is going well this is going great um but you know it, it's it's the only thing I I have which is like because they gave you feedback on some of the jokes or like what you change and stuff and the feedback is very direct like it's just like sometimes I'm like not trying to not get my feelings hurt but uh, <laughs> you don't have to say it this way uh but yeah other than that like they're like I mean, I'm like, you've done it for like decades now, JP, like, you know what you're doing. So I'm just going to trust you. So that was my, and then obviously you run it multiple times and you get used to it. And yeah. Yeah. Wally, how about you? Um, I had very little feedback from the booker. She just, I, I think I've been working towards a tight, like sort of five, six minutes for a really long time. Like that was something that I really wanted and had in mind if I knew I also like really wanted to do late night and something like that so it was like a goal from the get-go and then she happened to see the set um and she's like i'll take the set as is and then a pandemic happened um and i was working on some stuff right before the pandemic uh that i was like i wonder if they'll let me sneak this in um and i submitted that and they had no no qualms so it i mean it, it's been like the six minutes that i had been working towards for like a really long time plus or minus a little bit of new stuff that I mm -hmm. added in. I, different bookers on different shows are a lot more hands-on about what yeah. jokes are. And then also they're differently hands-on for different people. So I've definitely, mine was really hands-off once we talked about the general set. She didn't care what I did particularly. Like I sent a tape and they were like, great. Um, but I've also had people where they were like, no, they want to change a line and then change the order and then pull a joke and then add a joke here. And like, they want to help you rewrite your whole set. And that was, it, it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, terrific. Well, that's, uh, this is going to close us out with the episode. Uh, everyone, before we go, uh, just always an opportunity to plug whatever you want. Wally, let's start with you. What would you like to plug? 
Um, close to none. I I write for a show called Betty on HBO, and I think they're trying to side with her not to bring us back. So watch that Betty on HBO. I also write for What We Do in the Shadows. Watch that. That's another good one. Um, and a show called Amazon on IMDb TV. So that's what I that's what I can plug. That's it. And, none of those things are stand up. And any Instagram handles or social oh, media? Oh, yeah, you could follow me on Instagram. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and how would they do that? What do they look up? <laughs> right, right. Wally Barum. <laughs> Wally Barum. That's how you do it. I- okay. <laughs> okay, Mo, what do you want to plug? Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter. Please don't reply to any of my tweets. I don't want to engage. Uh, <laughs> and follow me on Instagram. It's Mohanad El Sheikhi. Uh, go to the episode description and just copy paste it from there. Don't try to f- write it yourself. <laughs> you're gonna follow someone else, and you're gonna be why is this guy is so weird? It's not me. Uh, and yeah, and then you know this is what I post about my standup. If I'm in your city, come please come to your show. If you live in New York, I'm I'm here. Come to your show as well. I post them on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever, and watch my Conan set. I guess. Yeah. All right, terrific, and Alex. I, uh, I'm on all of the socials, but I'd particularly like if you could follow me on TikTok. That would be fun. Find me on TikTok <laughs> and hang out. I really like TikTok. That's my favorite platform. Um, and uh, also, if you could go to YouTube and find my Colbert set and then just go through the comments and upvote the nice ones and downvote the mean <laughs> I would really appreciate that. <laughs> all right. Terrific. Uh, Wally, Mo, and Alex, uh, really terrific. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Some great information. And everyone, that's going to be the end of the episode. Uh, tune in next time when we are going to talk the fascinating world of musical comedy with uh, Chris Turner and Morgan Jay. And uh, if you this is your first time listening, you can go to ofthecomicspodcast.com or follow us on Of The Comics through whatever podcast provider you have or Instagram at Of The Comics. I've been your host, Pat Truer. Again, Wally, Mo, Alex, terrific guests. You guys really rocked it today. Thank you very Thank much you for so doing much. the show. Uh, and that's going to be it. We're going to hit Here Comes the Voice That You Love, Alex. Here it is. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Mm-hmm.